welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Aunt Elsie, for joining me on the, the podcast. And um, I'll say just a couple words to introduce you. And um, you are my aunt, my mother's sister. And you live out in Stillville. And um, and uh, from hearing about you, it seems like you keep um, really busy. Mom was saying just the other day that um, she calls and many times... Um, the phone call gets interrupted because there's somebody <laughs> calling or somebody you need to check up on. So it sounds like uh, you're pretty uh, busy out there in Stillville. Yeah. Is that the case? Yes. I hope I can stay that way. You know, one of my lo- worst fears is to be in a nursing home and not be able to do anything. Or even at home and not be able to do anything. Yeah. Um, what kind of... Um, things do you do when you're, you're checking up on people or when you're doing things? What kind of things are that? Well, I volunteer some at the nutrition side. And uh, I usually do the serving. Okay. And, and then uh, I volunteer at the nursing home. And uh, just do different things. The most important, I think, is visiting people and letting them know that I care. Okay. And uh, I help them play bingo. Okay. And take some of them shopping, which is not a very good job. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned that um, one thing you would hate is just not to be able to do anything uh-huh. or to, you know, like what um, what drives that desire for, you know, doing things like that, doing good things? I don't know. I just, you know, like to be, I don't like to waste time. Yeah. I know at the very best, I can't have very much left. You know, I'm 84, yeah. and the time's almost gone. And I never wanted to waste time anyway. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it was given to me for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I think a lot of people can relate to that. They mm-hmm. they want to have a, a meaningful life. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's that sense of urgency for a lot of us about mm-hmm. the time, and that's it's precious. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's start with telling us a little bit about growing up. Just what was your growing up experience like? Well, I was the oldest, and I got to be the main one for two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I don't remember much that happened before that, except uh, my second birthday, which was in July. Uh, they uh, they ordered me a doll from some mail order company. Okay. And uh, so Mom and I were sitting outside under a shade tree, and Daddy came home from the store, which the post office was in the store. And uh, he brought that package and let me open it. And it was my doll, and I named it May. Okay. And uh, so then I don't remember, that's about the only memory that I have until Emily was born. Okay. And then uh, my whole world changed because mom was in bed and I didn't like that. 
So I cried a lot. And so they sent me to Grandma, mm -hmm. which I guess was a good thing because we had, Mom told me after I was grown that she said, did you know you was her favorite grandchild? And I didn't. <laughs> so then things changed after that. And I could talk Ermaly into things that she didn't want to do. Like I'd make mud pies and get a taste of them. <laughs> I don't know, I was way too bossy. We just had a good time. We used to play outside, and of course, Mom had to uh, hang the clothes on the line to dry. Yeah. And uh, we would pretend that this is a little older, that they were. Uh, people and we were at church and we were shaking hands with the sleeves that were hanging down yeah <laughs> so we got in trouble for that for playing with the clothes yes yeah <laughs> we had a dog uh, named pooster and now this was before Ermelie was born mom said she started smelling black walnuts on my breath she couldn't imagine how i got them and she caught me one day. I would put the walnut in Pooster's mouth, and he would chew it, but break it, and spit it out, and I'd eat, I would eat it. <laughs> so we did lots of lots of things. Uh, we didn't have very many toys, but uh, we made up things to play with. Mm -hmm. and, one thing I thought, we used to uh, lay on the ground and look at the s sky and uh, decide what the star, I mean, the, the stars do at night. But in the daytime, what the clouds look like, you know, we'd find cats and dogs and trees and everything in those clouds. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And they always took us to church. I guess that's the first place I ever went. Mm-hmm. And of course, later on, Ermeline, I mean, Bailey and Tommy were born, and so it was a, a good family. Hmm. I'm thankful. Mm -hmm. So, um, did you have a like a conversion experience? That yes, you? Okay. Uh, everything was all right in my life. I was always just happy-go-lucky. And we were having a revival, and one night, uh, that when they gave the invitation, uh, Ermelie went up, and the bottom fell out of my world. <laughs> I'd never felt convicted, nothing, you mm -hmm. know, before that, until she went up. And so, but I didn't go. And I stayed awake all that night. I was so troubled. And uh, I'd keep asking the Lord to save me, but nothing happened. And uh, so we had to go to church the next time, next night. And if it would have been left up to me, I would have stayed home. But we didn't, we couldn't use, but we had to be really sick before we could stay home from church. Mm -hmm. So, I, like I said, I tried to be saved all day, all night and all day. It didn't work. And so then that night I went to the altar. And I was there a long time. And uh, finally I got to the place that, I gave up. I thought I couldn't be. And when I guess what happened, I really just turned it over to the Lord then. Hmm. And then 
you know, I was, that burden left. And I just felt like I was surrounded by a great and glorious light. And, you know, I felt like I could float. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how old were you? Um, I, it was the 2nd of July, and I was, I was almost 12. I've been, my birthday is 24th. So when you mentioned, you know, coming under a conviction, uh-huh. what was that like? Was that like um, feeling the, the the severity of your sin, or what was what was feeling, uh, or just the desire to be saved, or what was uh, well, being in conviction like? Uh, I think that a person has to uh, be called. You know, well, Jesus said that no man can come into the Father. And to me, except the Father draw him, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we have to have, uh, to be convicted. I don't think that we can just pray a prayer to be saved, even though we're really sincere, mm-hmm. without the Spirit has been convicting us and calling us. Mm-hmm. So... Um and then you, you like, had an understanding of your need to be saved because of uh, sin and so forth? Mm-hmm. Well, I hadn't done anything. I mean, you know, you hear people, they've been on for years, and I don't know how that I could, you know, that was a miserable 24 hours, <laughs> and how people could spend years mm-hmm. feeling like that. Mm-hmm. There used to be an old song that said... Uh, if you tarry till you're better, you may never come at all. Right. Yeah. And I thought of that. But I really feel like a person has to be called. They have to be, I believe they have to be convicted. Mm-hmm. And because if I just decide to go up myself, that would have been me doing it. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. When I was um, young, about nine, I was afraid of um, going to hell because I had heard about hell, uh-huh. and I, and you know, I experienced people giving their testimony, so mm-hmm. I knew that people got mm-hmm. saved, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted. So I wanted, you know, I tried to um, do different things in order to get saved. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I responded to the altar call, I got baptized, mm-hmm. and um, it was a frustrating thing, and because nothing happened, mm-hmm. and I knew something was supposed to happen, you mm-hmm. know. And um, and then I talked to mom about it. She gave me some little tracks, mm-hmm. so I would read those, and I would just think if I could just pray the prayer sincerely enough at mm-hmm. the end, that mm-hmm. Jazam, something would happen. Mm-hmm. But um, eventually, uh, I just kind of put that to the back of my mind and went on with life because mm-hmm. nothing did. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, throughout my teen years. And I grew more and more sinful, just uh, mm-hmm. kind of um, whenever an opportunity came along, you know, I should grow up. You know, mm-hmm. I just seemed to s- stumble right into it and um, just was pretty hateful, you know, to mm-hmm. sib- my siblings and so forth. And um, when I was 18, um, then I then I came to like a low point in my life where I felt um, just just really down and I thought of myself as just morally disgusting, you know, mm-hmm. and I then again, just turned to God, you know, asking him mm-hmm. to save me. And I don't think I was expecting anything, but it was like, kind of like what you described. Mm-hmm. It was like, 
felt like, you know, just a load of guilt lifted mm-hmm. from me where I just mm-hmm. felt like even physically lighter, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't know if um, I was just experiencing something that would be gone tomorrow or what, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, I now see that as like a, you know, like a new spiritual life that began mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. then. He's born again. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that, so yeah, so there's a spiritual reality to mm-hmm. it. You know, like you said, you have mm-hmm. to. It's something that God does. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how did you and Uncle Burley meet each other? On the school bus. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was uh, two buses. I got on one, and he got on another, and then they met at a point at Adams Road, in Adams and Sellers Road. And uh, then one took the children that were going to Dillard, went back to Dillard, and the other one went to Cherryville. So he got off the Dillard bus and got on the Cherryville bus, and that's how okay. we met. And uh, my cousin and I were sitting together, and uh, so I looked out the window and saw him. I said, "That's who I'm going to marry." And she, wow. she punched me. <laughs> <laughs> I was—I don't know what made me say something like that, because I didn't even go with him for a long time. Then after that, you know, mm-hmm. but that's what I said. But that's where we met, and then. Years later, after, uh, well, after Daddy had died, Mom said to me one day that the, the first time I saw Burley was at Five Burnham at church. Said his mother and dad were uh, there, and they sat in the seat in front, and there were wooden seats, and there was space in between. And she said Burley and I played with each other all during church. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know why they didn't tell us before. Mm-hmm. But that's where I met him. The first day we went to uh, Jeff City is actually a school trip. Okay. And uh, so when we got back to Cherryville, his mom and dad were coming to pick us up. And uh, there was a marigold round, and I sat down on it to rest, and he started pushing me, and I told him to quit because it would make me sick, and he didn't pay any attention. <laughs> Until I started vomiting. (laughs) That was your first date, huh? Uh -huh. (laughs) Um, And then how old were you when you got married? Uh, I was 19 on the 24th, and we got married on the 25th of July. Okay. Well... What was your marriage like? I mean, were there things that you enjoyed doing together? Did you talk a lot or walk together? Or or just how would you describe it? Well, uh, before, a year or so before we were married, he was saved. And uh, he told me, but he didn't tell people, you know, much. And uh, so we talked everything over because I was so scared (laughs) that, you know, we wouldn't we'd have misunderstandings and things like that. So uh, then when we got married, uh, the first sign that I saw that something was kind of wrong, we sat down to eat our first meal together. I went ahead and prayed. And I, I said, it'll be your turn next time. And he wouldn't. He felt like he couldn't or something. And uh, so I finally decided... Well, he's called to preach. That's what's wrong with him. And it was. So the first 17 years was pretty rough. 
because he fought that all the time, and the kid, the kids and I were in the middle, <laughs> you know. And then when he surrendered to preach, the rest of it was so different then. Hmm. Okay. He felt like he just couldn't, and it, he couldn't himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was true, you know. I mean, it, I think that God has to help any preacher if they actually do. They can make good talks and things, but if they actually do any good, really good, real good, mm-hmm. they have to be called. Hmm. And um, and then did he start preaching at um, different churches, or um, how did that get started? Um, he's he started. I, he preached his first sermon at Czar, and uh, then. Uh, it was the kids had already been saved, and uh, so they wanted to start a church, and so uh, they started the church. And he, Burley had he was went along with everything, but he wasn't. He he was going to preach, and he was back, and everything, you know. But he just wasn't ready to be pastor. But anyway, Rodney was pastor for a while. Well, first Kenneth Workmiller came. He was pastor. Mm-hmm. And then Rodney came. And we, we started that, that church in uh, February 73. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he was, I think he became pastor in 77. And he was pastor until a couple of years before he died, so it'd be about uh, 2011 when he when he quit pastoring. Okay. Hmm. We like to, you know, go on trips and things like that, and he liked to go for rides. I wanted to go somewhere a lot of times, you know, and he he just wanted to go, <laughs> just wanted to ride. Hmm. We were always taking these little country roads, and uh, he'd always say they'll come out somewhere. <laughs> Sometimes we were lost for several hours. <laughs> you know, before um, Uncle Burley started preaching, you said you knew he was called to preach, uh-huh. or, and did you tell him that? Uh huh. Okay. And what was his response to? He he said he wasn't. He didn't okay. want me to know that. Okay. See, I lived through that with my dad too. Okay. He had been called to preach, and he felt like he couldn't. <coughs> and uh, so I got real sick, had rheumatic fever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so everybody thought I was dying. The doctor told them that I was dying. And uh, so then Daddy came in one day, and uh, he said that uh, it was his fault that I was sick. Because the Lord had called him to preach and he'd refused to do it. Hmm. And uh, so he said, I'm going to preach now. He don't know if it's too late or not. But anyway, I started getting better. Hmm. And uh, he preached his first sermon at home. I wasn't able to get out and go anywhere yet. And uh, he fixed seats outside and uh, had the whole uh, neighborhood came. We had a big crowd of people. Wow. Hmm. But I saw what Daddy was going through, and I think that helped me recognize what was wrong with him, with what was wrong with Burley, you know. Mm-hmm. 
but it's hard to live with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember um, one time, um, I think we were at your church, and um, Burley um, stood up. You know, he wasn't preaching at the time. He just uh -huh. stood up in the congregation to say something. And I think he's in, he started off like saying something like, um, okay, now it's time for the old grump to say something or something along those lines. <laughs> So did did he uh, is it was that uh, common? Did he uh, like say something about himself like uh -huh. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, are there um, any particular ways that it seems that um, God has caused you to grow in your life? And if if so, you know how did God you know bring that about? Anything in particular that kind of comes to mind? I don't know. It's not because always, you know, problems yeah. first, you know. Mm -hmm. And I guess we have to have that. Uh, I got sick, and, and uh, I, I wasn't able to go to school one year. Mm -hmm. And uh, Daddy had decided that I wasn't going to high school. And uh, this is before I was sick. So uh, I had just talked and talked, you know, and really begged him to go, and he, he didn't think girls needed to go to high school. So uh, I didn't know till years later, but Mom called Uncle Marcus, Daddy's brother, mm -hmm. and had him come down, and he talked to him. Hmm. And uh, anyway, I took... Uh, correspondence courses the first year mm -hmm. and uh, then I went to Belgrade one year and one of mom's uh, cousins uh, had wrote a letter to them and wanted to know if I could stay with them they lived in Belgrade mm -hmm. so I couldn't have gone if it hadn't been for staying there you know mm -hmm. and and I was just too sick to go back and forth I was still weak so there's just been lots of things in life that have been really hard. One thing is Neva getting polio, mm -hmm. and that, that was so hard. I mean, I thought that well, it just simply tore me all to pieces to take her up there and leave her with a bunch of strangers, you know. And I had to leave her because I, I was already overdue with Ivy. Mm -hmm. And she thought that uh, she didn't understand mm -hmm. why I had to leave her, you know. Mm -hmm. She thought I just didn't like her that much. I wouldn't have left her. Um, so, you know, do difficult things like that, does it seem like those are, that God uses that to help you to grow uh -huh. spiritually? Yes. And, you know, she, I don't think she'd be the, I know she wouldn't be the kind of person she is today if it hadn't been for that. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with me and and Burley and the, and the other children, too. Hmm. She's just, uh, 
Well, she decided she wanted to be a nurse when she was three years old. What did she? Uh -huh. <laughs> hmm. She just really stuck to it. So she's always known how uh, the patients felt. Yeah. You know, because she'd been a patient first. Uh, yeah. And Any, she, go ahead. She got to go to, uh, to school. You know, she got a scholarship. They paid for her schooling. Mm-hmm. And so it was something bad that happened, but anyway, a lot of good came out of it. And, and Rodney mentions a lot about the things that uh, they were exposed to that they wouldn't have been if it hadn't have been for her being sick, you know. Hmm. I mean, we had to make all those trips to St. Louis, so our appointments were always at 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'd go and uh, get her appointment over with, and then we would... Uh, pick out something special each time to do. Okay. Wow. Oh. Hmm. And then we'd pick up, go by work and pick up early then, you know. Mm -hmm. Was he working in St. Louis? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, are there any particular people that have had like a pretty big influence on your life? Well, my parents. Mm -hmm. They just... Daddy told me just two or three days before he died that he said, I'm sorry I made you suffer by not giving in to preach, you know, when he did. And I always felt honored, you know, that I could be a part of it. So, but I think there's lots of things in life that, you know, you've got to have the bitter with the sweet. Yeah. Seems like it's necessary sometimes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I thought we had two children, and I, a boy and a girl, and I thought that was just perfect, that mm -hmm. we didn't need any more. And then when I got pregnant with Ivy, I was really upset at first, you know. And uh, things were so bad when she was born, even in the hospital, and... All that going on, and uh, she was just a, a ray of light. You know, she was just really something special. She always did so many funny little things. She always she made everybody happy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are you? Do you enjoy reading? Have there been any uh, books that have been? you know, made a influence on you? Oh, I love books. There's been so many. Uh, when I, when I was, um, before I was a teenager, I got started reading Zane Gray books. I thought that was, they were really neat, those Western mm -hmm. books. Yeah. And then one time, we went to his museum, and he was a dentist. Hmm. And he went on, went out west on vacation, and wrote a book about it. And okay. that's how he got started. That, but, uh, I mean, the Bible is the most important. Mm -hmm. And there's just been so many books, you know, that I have really enjoyed. Yeah. I've been sharing Cindy's book lately with my neighbors. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I guess... Um, 
what's what's your favorite part of your daily or weekly routine um, at this time of your life? Well, first thing I do, I make sure I pray for all my loved ones. Okay. And then I do my Bible readings, and most of the time I put a scripture on Facebook, but it depends on if I, sometimes I don't have one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I walk in the morning usually. Okay. There's nothing to compare with that fresh air, outside air of the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything in particular that um, any particular understanding about just what God is like or who He is like that you've uh, grown in over over the years? Where you you know something you understand now that maybe you you didn't earlier in life? Well, it seemed like it was kind of hard for me on the Old Testament at first, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, I can see it, it's so important. And it's a schoolmaster, mm-hmm. you know. We really need that and the experiences in those people's lives is something that we can't pick up all the time. Mm. I don't know, it's got Proverbs has answers to things. Mm-hmm. One day there was a lady that called me and asked me if, if I would loan her some money. Mm-hmm. And I just read Proverbs 6 that morning. And I, I told her I just read that, and I said, I, I don't feel like that what she wanted it for. <laughs> I said, I don't feel like that I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have to talk to Burley, but I, I said, I just don't feel like we should do that. And a lot of things happened then, and she called me one day, and she wanted to thank me for not loaning her that money. Wow. <laughs> hmm. I was so afraid that it would make her angry. Yeah. You know. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, I just appreciate you. I appreciate my family. Yeah. I've thought several times that when uh, uh, Early and Bailey and Tommy and, and me are gone, that you guys probably won't get together then. Hmm. And I would sure like to see this continue, that yeah. You know, that you know each other. Right. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you too, Aunt Elsie. And we love you, and we um, just think a lot of your character and just, the, uh, you know, the love you have for the Lord. And uh, I think he's, um, you know, his, his uh, faithfulness to you is displayed in your life as you trust him. And Thank you. I'm unworthy, for sure. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Mm -hmm. If you use a podcast app like iTunes, 
please give a review of Conversations About Life. Thank you.